Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Ball Chicago. I'm your co-host, Robert Bobby Reed, and I got the legend, the NBA veteran, the McDonald All-American, your host, Marcus, living in the building. What's up, Marcus? What's up, my beautiful people? And today we got a special guest in here, the pride of Bolingbrook. Four, uh, three state champions with the Bolingbrook Raiders, four national championships with UConn, playing with the Seattle Storm right now with the WNBA, one of the all-time winningest female athletes in Chicago and Illinois history. Man, give it up for Morgan Tuck, man. What's up, Morgan? How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Good. We all Great. Now, we know it was going to be kind of hard to get you, you know, because you are playing the WNBA in the bubble. Uh, but your guy, Irvin Small, came through. You know, Irvin said, man, I can get Morgan. I said, you sure? He said, man, that's my people's right there. So I said, all right, Irvin, get on it for me, man. But Morgan, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, heard a lot of great things about you, you know, uh, your upbringing and all that. Well, we always jump right into it by mentioning or talking about who put the basketball in your hand. What age did you actually start? And um, we'll move on to high school and college and then into the pros. So who started, how it started all off for you? Uh, well, it was my dad. He played at Ferris State um, in college. And so he was definitely like the one that got me and my sister who also played in college. Uh, got us into basketball. We did a bunch of sports, and then basketball is the one that stuck. So, like, I started at seven. Taylor, my sister, started at eight. And then from there, it just kind of, you know, it kind of grew in Boston. Wow. So, pops get the credit. All right. That's all right. That's what, that's the same thing with me. You know, my father taught me the game of basketball. Now, now, when you started learning the game, did you play against any of the boys growing up, or it was all girls? Oh, well, it started all girls, and it was, like, our first team, it was from, like, 8 to 11-year-olds, supposed to be. And so, technically, they didn't allow me to play because I was 7. And so, like, we had to meet with, like, the board, and, like, they had to see if I would be, like, ready and all this. So, it was, like, a lot to ever play. But I got to. I was able to, like, play up. And then we played in a, an all-boys league in Bolingbrook, and we had, like, four girls on our team. And we, wow. girls and we ended up winning the, the league, so... That's like, wow. like our good start. You know, we had the girls league and then we went to the boys league. And then from then we went back to girls league. But it was a cool start for sure. So when did you start thinking that, you know what, not only do I like playing this game, but I think this game can take me somewhere. When, when did that happen for you? Um, honestly, I think it happened probably like my freshman year in high school. Cause like, I knew I was good, but like, after my freshman year of high school and I won Miss Basketball, that's when it was like, okay, like maybe I am a little better than what I think I am. And then when you really start getting like the college letters and like the recruiting start, that was, that was nuts. So I think once like my freshman year, that's when I realized like, okay, I can really like one day be a professional. Like that's when I kind of believed it for sure. Man. I, as a, as fresh a freshman? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, I wanted it like, when I was in my fourth grade, I loved Lisa Leslie. So, like, I knew from then, like, I want to be in WNBA. Like, I want to play basketball. But I was like, am I really going to be good enough to get there? I didn't know. But, like, after my freshman year, I was like, okay, I, I'm pretty good. I can I can get there, I think. 
Wow. Just like we looked up to certain basketball players, male figures, you looked up to a female figure, uh, Lisa Leslie. So I guess Lisa Leslie was one of your role models. I, I take it. Yeah, uh, she was for sure. And then it actually became, as I got a little older, Candace Parker. She's right there, you know, right in Naperville. I was able to go to a bunch of her games and like got her autograph a bunch of times. And like, so when I got to see her path, like going to Tennessee, and then playing for the Sparks, I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Like, I kind of wanted to be her and I got to see her and like meet her. And, you know, I didn't meet Lisa till I was about to get drafted. So Candace kind of took that role, I think, growing up for sure. Yeah, and, and, and I watched both of them, you know, Lisa lastly, I watched her a lot play and I, of course I watched Candace and you play, but watching you guys play, it seems like you guys have that that edge, you know, like, you know what, I know I'm the best. I know I'm at least one of the best out here on the court. So every time you step out there on the court, you guys show me something like Candace is getting up there in age and, you know, with some injuries and, and, and whatnot. Uh, do you think it's time for her to, you know, step away from the game or as long as she continues to love, should she continue to play? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it varies you know, just from person to person. You know, I think there's some people that they want to literally play till they can't play. And then I think you have some where they want to play where like they leave, but they still feel good. They feel like they look good. They don't look like they need to retire. Um, and to me, I don't think Candace looks like, it. I mean, she, I know she's had a bunch of the injuries and stuff, but like this year she looks really good. But at the same time, I think she's preparing because, you know, she does like the NBA TNT doing all that stuff a little bit more. So it's like setting up for when she does step away, like she has another career basically going already. So I think she's getting there. I don't think she's there yet, but it's getting close. Now, we do want to talk about the money. Different, you know, from men to women, you know. And um, I I personally had said some things about it before in the past that women should be taken care of. You know, should they be paid like the men? I don't know, but I think you should be getting at least, you know, a million dollars or two million dollars to play the game of basketball so you can have enough money to take care of your family. You know, women have families too. And I think that you, you guys just don't get a good rap as far as, and I don't know if it's because you don't get enough support. You know, I don't know if the WNBA and NBA is really in, you know, together with this. What are you, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, well, first, I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of people think that we should get paid like the men. It's you can't compare our pay to the NBA's pay. Theirs is like on a whole nother level, even from like men's league overseas. Totally different money. So, but I think like this year we had like CBA negotiation, our CBA nego negotiation, new CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, and so we got most of us got a pretty good pay raise. Mm. Not depend on like if you're on a contract, coming off contract, all that stuff. So that was nice where we did get a pay raise and like the max salary went from like 115, 119 to 215, you know? Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, it went up to a pretty good jump. Um, and so if you think about it, it's like for millions of dollars, it's not that much. But if you think our season is four or five-ish months and we make that money in that amount of time, and those long as you manage your money, okay, you know, like you're making good money. And then if you go overseas, that's when like the sky's the limit. Mm. You know, you make, it's a big, big range of money that you can make. And that's really where you can stack your money. That's how I've treated it when I go overseas. That's like, okay, let me make a bunch of money in a short amount of time. Um, and then, you know, you come back to the NBA, you're going to play it, still make your money. So you can make a good living. You can still manage it. It's just, you know, part of it's just, you know, we're not going to make millions and millions of dollars if we don't have the TV deals or we have the revenue and we have the right 
shares of the TV deals and all that goes into it. So it's growing and I, you know, it's, it's going to continue to increase. Um, but I think we're far, far away from a million. We're not there yet, but hopefully one day it, it will get there. Hope so. Well, I hope so too. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to you guys getting, you know, you're just due, you yeah. know, not just on the court, but you know, with that pay too. Um, and I think it will happen. I think it will happen. And I, and I, I Irvin have Irvin Small have told me a lot about you and your family, your mom, how much you know she supports her, you know, her children and watched y'all play. And Irvin worked you guys out a little bit, you know, on and off throughout your guys' career coming up. Um what what role do you think your parents have in your upbringing, not just on the court, but off the court? Because a lot of times people get so confused up. Like my last name, Liberty, means something to me. So I got to make sure that I carry that legacy on. I don't want to, but people, some people don't understand the branding of what your name, you know, supposed to carry on and off the court. So talk a little bit about that because maybe we can just help some of our listeners who are listening to us today. Yeah, I mean, my parents, they, they're the reason that I am who I am and the person that I am, you know. I didn't, they weren't like super strict parents or anything, but they were, you know, they made sure that we stayed on, you know, on track. What we were supposed to do, we did it. You know, they instilled a lot of like, if you want something, you have to work hard for it. You know, my dad would always tell me like, if you just want to be average, okay, this is what you got to do. If you want to be great, this is what you got to do. It's a little bit different, you know? So it was whatever you wanted, your dreams. They wanted us to dream big, but saying, if you want to achieve, you have to work hard. And that's just that's been our life. You know, we work for what we get. Um, and like you were saying, you know, that care, it could be how you interact with people, you know, how you are on the court, but then like your, I say the real world, when you get off the court, how you treat people, how people perceive you, all that stuff. You know, my parents always said like perception is sometimes everything, you know, what people think about you and when they look at you and things like that, like it matters. Um, and so that's just something that I try to have always tried to focus on is, you know, making sure that I'm doing things the right way, treating people the right way, because, you know, that can really get you far and get you to a lot of other places that you might not have been able to. I agree. I agree. Can I, can I, can I ask us something, Liv? Go ahead. Well, Morgan, you, you threw that out there uh, your freshman year. You won Miss Basketball as a freshman. I just wanted to rewind back. You know, did, how did you manage the big head with that? Did y'all win state that year too? Yeah, we did. We that that year. 14 years old. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and honestly, it was very, like, to me, it was, like, super unexpected. And I have a lot of credit to my high school coach, Anthony Smith. He doesn't really allow you to get a big head. Like, he's, okay. like, I, I mean, obviously, you have Gino, super hard coach. But Coach Smith was a hard coach. Like, <laughs> he was just, he was tough, like, so tough all the time. And he did a really good job of, like, kind of making me feel like I wasn't as good as I was or like way oh. harder than everybody else to like be as good as I wanted to be. So even though I won it, like it was cool, it was fun, but it was like, all right, we're getting back in the gym, you know? So like it, right. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, you know, my parents coach definitely didn't let it get to my head, not even a little bit. Wow. That's a 14, 15 year old kid live, Miss Basketball. But, but state title, my head big, man. I would, I would want to hear some, 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 some like feedback, good feedback from my coach if I'm getting that. And I guess he was like, you know what? Yeah, we just won state champions. Yeah, you just got missed basketball of Illinois, but we got we back in the gym and that's work. 
I'm like, man, coach, I just, I just want to miss you. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so I think that's what he was doing. That's the, the, the distraction. Like, let me get that off. You know, you got it. All right, let's get back to work. You know, and you're like, no, I need to celebrate this. I need to, you know, let everybody know. So I think that is a good coach, a sign of a good coach that do those things, man, because sometimes kids can take that and they'd be like, you know what? I ain't got to work hard no more. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I was only 14. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. right. like, oh, I made it and I'm 14 and then I just plateau and fall off, you know, later in high school. So I yeah. think it, it definitely worked. And I think I realized later on, like, he was super excited about it, just didn't let me see that at the time, you know? <laughs> like, he wanted to act like it was good, good job, but, like, you can still be better, you know? But it, it definitely paid off. I'm glad he had that reaction. She, hey, she had to be one of the first freshmen to do that, though, man, right? Was you the first oh, freshman to ever do that? Yeah. I, I, I can't believe that. I think so. It was crazy, man. It was, it was fun. And it, it definitely wow. made me want to work a little harder. Because right after that, um, then I found out I was invited to USA tryouts for the first U16 USA team. And so that was like a couple months later. So then it was like, okay, time to get ready for that. Wow. It's quick. Wow. Like move on to the next thing and you're working for like the next goal. And then you next speaking of the next goal, you got goal. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, but that's when at the trials I made the team for my ACL. So then I was out for uh-huh. that rest of that summer. And then luckily I was back by the time season started. But so it was that was just a whole that those couple months. It was like super high and then it was like super low. And then I was, you know out for the first time first real injury so wow that's we didn't a, even know that big fella did with mate <laughs> no but let's stay on let's stay on the high school right now since we are on high school um now before you got to bolingbrook right were they winning were they a, a girls winning program before you got there or it all started to come in place when you got there no they were good before um, I don't know exactly how many championships. I know they at least had like one or two, I think. Um, and they had some really good players. You know, when I when I was like in middle school and I'd go to practice and um, like the like the AAU team, we kind of stuck together. So we were like Illinois Dream Team, but it was basically our whole Bolingbrook High School team. And so I got to start playing with them. I was in like seventh grade and I was playing against high schoolers like on their summer team. So I kind of got to know them and they were good. Like Brittany's... Uh, Brittany Thomas, she went and played at Michigan State. There was like uh, at least like three or four other major D1s. Um, so we had some really good players. So that's actually what drew us to go to Bolingbrook because originally we lived in Bolingbrook, but we were in Plainfield So my parents, we moved to Bolingbrook School District so that me and my sister were able to go for that reason. Because we knew he was kind of known, like if you go to Bolingbrook, you can get a, a scholarship. So yeah. that's what, 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 what Plainfield School, uh, East? I would have been. I would have gone to East. Yeah, right. Would have been right here with us, Lil. <laughs> we we could have won. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> wow. So, oh, wow. so now, your freshman year, you got the accolades. You you won Mrs. Basketball. You 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 won a state title. Now, how did you guys come back that second year? And did you win the state championship again your state your second year? Yep, my second year. Um, and honestly, it was kind of the same team. We always had like a really good those three championships. We had a really good four, and we were all together. I um, mean, you know, we had Ariel Massingale that played at Tennessee. 
my sister oh. played at University of Illinois. Um, we had Mercedes Griffin. She ended up going to Marquette. Uh, Nicosi Henry, she went to Seton Hall. So, like, we had a really good wow. group of players that were there for these, like, two, kind of overlapping the two and three championships where, like, we were super athletic. Like, we were good. Like, we were a really, really good team. And, like, at all times, we had at least, like, four or five D1 on the team, That's at least. Sense. Like, that was the minimum every wow. year. So, it was, we were good. We were really good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have Morgan Tuck joining us on All Ball Chicago, and she has won three state championships. The question I want to ask you, which one of those teams were, did you feel was your best team? My junior year. Your junior sure. year. That was, I think, the best, the best all-around team that we had my junior year. It was, it was and great. And why was that? It was like, it was just like when we played, it was like we played really, really hard, obviously, but like, it didn't sound bad, but like, I think a lot of times some teams were like scared to play us. Like, mm -hmm. the, it just, we kind of had that like factor when we like walked in the gym, like teams knew, like they're about to get, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of how it was. <laughs> and like, we loved that. Like, it was, and then we practiced, so practices were so terrible and so long and hard. It was like when it was game time, we were just ready to go. Like, we didn't care who it was. Like, in like in our conference, because our conference is not very good. Wow. <laughs> they had to put a um, like a score cap. Like we could score eighty points in our conference games. What? It's like killing teams so bad. <laughs> it's like a hundred something to like twenty, or like we beat them by like twenty points. So they put a scoring cap that year, and literally wow. it was crazy. <laughs> it was we were such a good team. It was just like everybody, all positions, our bench, everybody was really good. So that was probably like I think the most competitive team. That that's, I, what I, that's what I was just going to ask you. I'm like, you guys have scored 100 points. And I know Coach Smith probably took the five starters out and you guys still was playing, you know, top-notch basketball with your bench players coming in. Because that's what it was, like, literally one through 12 or 15, however many on the team, it's like everyone could go. Everybody could play. And it's like we were practicing with each other. And then we always, well, most of the time, we had, like, guys come practice against us. So like we really were having like high level elite practices and then we go play a game against, you know, girls our age, it was it was way easier, like for everybody. So that that part was good. It was it was just like a really fun year. It was, you know, we were and we had been together so our third year for most of us together. So it was kinda like clicking, everybody was feeling good. It was just a really good year, for sure. Okay. And um how many games have you lost total in your high school career? Total, probably like, well, I know we lost four. Four is the most. Four my freshman year. And then after that, I think we might have lost like two or One three or more. So maybe what? like seven or eight games. So probably wow. eight. <laughs> yeah, I said like eight because we always went and we always play like national ranked teams every year. So yeah, I think probably like seven or eight in high school. Wow. That's special. That's special. That's special. Now, I know when I played high school basketball, and I'm, you know, CPS, Chicago Public School, and I'm just going to throw it out there. We look at the suburban, you know, teams, and we play them, that it's going to be an easy win for us. Now, do you think the women think like that as, as well? Like when a Marshall or Whitney Young comes out and plays, you know, a Bolingbrook or Plainfield East, whatever school out there in the suburb, you think they look at you guys differently? Like, oh, we're about to put it on them. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's just, and it goes even from outside of basketball, you know, just like 
the city versus suburbs thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say like for our team, I don't, cause like Whitney Young was like our rival. Like that was the team that we knew like every time we played them, it was going to be a really good game. We didn't know who's normal. Like we were really evenly matched. Um, so I'd say, I don't think they looked at us thinking that because they knew we were good because we played them good every year. Um, but especially like some like, yeah, like the playing field, all that. Yeah. They know. That's funny. That's funny. Now, when it, now it's time for you to, you know, go to college. And I'm pretty sure you were probably ranked top 15 in the country, if not the number one player. Um, you have all these universities coming, knocking at your door, coming to the game, seeing you play. What made you make that decision to go to UConn? because you had a great program right in your backyard at DePaul University and, and you decided to go to UConn. I know, I know what I would say, <laughs> you know, playing for Gene is, is special, <laughs> but I'm gonna let you talk and, and, you know, let our listeners know. Yeah, so I actually, I ended up committing the beginning of my junior year, so I committed kind of early. Um, but I knew, I knew I wanted to go away from home just because I like to travel and see somewhere new and I'm like, okay, it's a way to go live somewhere for free, basically. <laughs> Um, and so originally I wanted to go like to UCLA because I wanted to live in, I've always wanted to live in Southern California. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna just pick where like I want to live. And then like, as I got a little older, I'm like, all right, maybe I shouldn't do go off basketball. I mean, school's important, but basketball was my biggest factor. I was like, my parents, see, my mom will worry about the, the act. She'll make sure that part's right. And so I actually, um, like UConn came to some open gyms, came to saw me play. And then they invited me for an unofficial visit and I went and we went to Baylor versus UConn at UConn. And when I saw that arena, it was like sold out, like 16,000 people. Like it was, I've never seen a women's game like that. I was sold, like right then and there. I wow. knew I was gonna commit. And so before I left, I committed. Like it was, wow. it was easy for me. Like I love the coaches. I like, cause they're like, they're big on, like when you go a lot of recruiting visits, they try to like sell you on the school, right? Like they're trying to, like wine and dine you and like give you all this extra. UConn didn't do that. They were like, this is what we have, this is who we are. Like they didn't put us in a hotel room. Like we stayed with the players, like where the players stay. Like mm. all the recruits and stuff like that. So they're really big on like kind of get that like real experience of like what it's gonna be like. Um and so I like that. I appreciated that a lot. And then when I went to the game it was sold. Like I was like there's no place where I've seen women's basketball this big of a deal where people like care this much about it. And I wanna win championships, so it was it was easy for me to choose for sure. Yeah, and, and growing up watching basketball, I love basketball. Female guys, whatever, you know, I'm gonna watch basketball. And back in the day, all you used to see was UConn on television or Tennessee. You know, right. back in the day, that's all I used to you know, I was, I'm like, man, these girls be balling, right? So now it's time for you to step on the court. That first game, you have any jitters, you know, like, man, I'm actually about to play in UConn, in a UConn uniform, probably on national TV, television. <laughs> and so you got a lot of people watching you, a lot of people in the stands. How, how did that feel? Yeah, you're just super nervous. Like, I mean, I, can't, I don't know who we were playing, but it's like, you just get so nervous and then, like you start the game and you're like doing stuff you've probably never done until you like get that first like TV timeout and like get a chance to like relax. Um, but you're just like, you're super excited, but you're really nervous. And yeah, like you said, like being on TV, like this is probably the most people that have ever watched you play a game, like ever, you know? And 
I mean, you get used to it, but the first game, yeah, it was super nerve-wracking, but it was really exciting. Morgan, 60,000. Liv, how many people did you I play would, in front of? Who, me or Morgan? At you, at Illinois. They had 60,000? How many did you play in front of? 16. Oh, 16,000. Okay. Oh, they know, they know college like, damn. Man. <laughs> I was going to say, carry, dang. I think the Dome was the biggest, you know, yeah. to have you know fans come in, but no, nah, I don't think. Uh, so now you you plan at UConn. UConn recruits all Americans, kind of similar to what Duke has for, on the men's side in Kentucky. You, you recruit all these all Americans. How is it, you know, like my mindset would say, you know, man, it's a lot of all Americans over here, you know. Am I going to play? You know, and, and, and did he say it's open? You know, like when he recruited you, I don't have a, a four or a three spot, I mean, open, or I do have one open, and it's the best player going to win that spot. So, kind of. And so, like, the way he does it is he gives that first opportunity is he goes to upper class. Like, season, unless, like, someone gets hurt, then, yes, like, a freshman may start. May start. Or if they're just, like, way, 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 way better, you know. But he, he gives the first opportunity to the upper class and then what, if you prove or you don't deserve it, then you get that chance as the underclassman. So it's kind of like you treat it as like upperclassmen are the leaders, but you buy your time. You buy your time. You have to work hard and like earn your spot. Like he doesn't, he literally doesn't care if you're number one player in the country, like best, everyone do all this stuff. He doesn't care. Like, because everyone's like that at Utah. Everyone has played, everyone has been at the top in high school, best on their team, everything. So it's like, you just have to, Kind of work your way up and but it's good for when you get to that junior senior year it's like because you bought your time and you've done it the right way and ran through the system it's like it's easier you know like he really trusts you and it makes the experience a lot better i'd say so morgan do you think that a lot of you know basketball players just say highly ranked in high school and then they think that can turn over into the college level Know, immediately like okay I was a McDonald All-American I was a number one high school player so now when I'm in college I'm still that 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 player and they don't understand that those guys or girls on the next level are faster stronger and you got to prove yourself on the college level what do you think about that uh, it's true you know I think any level that you go to it's a learning curve and you know you can still be really successful but just because you were successful at one doesn't mean you will be at the next one you know, like you still, you know, because you can't feel like that I've made it. You just kind of, you just have to keep working because everyone else is, is working. You know, some people, like they're really good early and then they kind of slide off as they get older. And some people, it takes them a while to get, you know, those accolades and, and you know, so they're a little bit older. Um, so you just have to see it as like, you're going to have a learning curve. Don't come in where you think you're just going to be able to do the same things, but just keep working harder. If you keep working harder, then you'll get to that level, and then eventually you'll surpass it, and you'll you'll be that bigger, faster, stronger player when new people are coming in. Yeah, and I think your high school coach played a, a part of that. Also, you know, like he said, you know, letting you know that hey, your head is not don't let it get too don't let this stuff get to your head. And then your parents, you say your dad played, and 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 so I think that helped you. A lot of people don't have that the support like you had. Um, go ahead, Rob. I know you got something because I can tell when Rob has something he want to ask. No, you. I was actually uh, 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 Miss Mama B wanted to say that's my baby girl. I love you so much, uh, Tanisha Boatwright, Ryan Boatwright, mom. It's so long. 
Yeah, she was just like, tell her I love her. That's my baby girl. So I just wanted to give you a shout. And then uh, Kevin Thornton from out here in Bolingbrook, his son Caleb just uh, signed to play at Northern. What year did you come out of Bolingbrook? 2012. 2012. So you was there with Ben? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I know I know a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Y'all had a powerhouse. I always call Bolingbrook the uh, suburban Simeon, but right. I just had some sidebar stuff, Liv. Go ahead, man. You're killing it, man. You're killing it, baby. <laughs> so, so now... You know, you have the, your parents, you know, supported, you know, I, I didn't have that. So I had to figure out a lot, you know, uh, my father didn't play, you know, college basketball and all that. So I had to find different ways to, to stay motivated, one, and to push myself to know what, where, where I can take this. I didn't know at the time, you know, and, and I didn't have that support system like that. I mean, I had people that cared about me and wanted the best for me, but I didn't have that. So now it's time for your second year. Wait, 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 your first year. Did you start? Freshman year? No, okay, so you came off, okay, so you came off the bench, but you played. Mm-hmm. I remember you playing. Yep. Um, and you guys ended up winning the national championship. Yes. So that's one. <laughs> that's <laughs> one. So, 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 I'm just I'm just talking because this is so hard to do. People don't understand how hard it is to win championships. Yeah. I think UConn and a lot of other programs, Tennessee had a great program. I think they just know how to win championships and they know who, what kind of players they looking for too to help them win. But I don't think Gene just goes out and recruit anybody. I think he recruits people that he thinks they can fit into his system. Yes, for sure. For sure. And about like just you as like a person, like your character, how you treat, like that's really big. Like that's something that I think recruiting wise, I would think you realize how important it is off the court stuff. That just plays such a big piece. Wow. So now it's time for your second year. You know, so now you got a year up under your belt. I know you approached the game just like you said, you did it in high school. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm excited. Second year. Now, there's an opportunity for you to probably start. And um, did you start? One, did you start? And how did your team do that second year? Nope, I didn't start. So I came off the bench. And then I actually had. I had like kind of like a naggy injury from my freshman year in my knee. So then I had like the scope just trying to clean it up. So I was out for like a month at the beginning of the season. And then I played part of the season and then I had to have like a major surgery. So I missed like the second half, but we won that year. So that technically was my red shirt. Played some, but enough where I could still like red shirt it. But that's the year um, we knew everyone undefeated. And we won the second one. So that was a crazy year, too. Like, that was. That was Undefeated, Liv. And who was on that team? So you had Stephanie Dolson, who's in the WNBA now. She plays for Chicago. Bria Hartley, who plays for Phoenix. Uh, Brianna Stewart, Mari Jefferson. Like, it was, that team was good. Loaded. So good, yeah. So you guys did not lose a game. <laughs> okay. And in your freshman year, did you lose any games? Yeah, we lost four. That's four games. Notre Dame. That's when we played. That's when we were in Big East, and we played Notre Dame that year, and we lost three. So. Wow. Yeah. So you got hurt. You may not get hurt, but you had some knee issues, and it carried on to the next season, and then you figured it out that, look, I need to get this checked out, and, and you had to go get surgery, major surgery. Now, I know me personally, I would have been down, you know, like, man, 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to play again. Right. So you got to have that back to what I was talking about, that support system yeah. to help you get through that, you know, whether that's, you know, Gene, your coach, mom, dad, sister, family member, to, to, to keep you uplifted so you can keep going and playing the game that you love. A lot of people would have quit, yeah. you know, said, I mean, we had the great Bo Ellis on and he figured it out. He said, you know what? Not for me. You know, I'm gonna get my degree and I'm gonna keep it moving. Yeah. So how how was that, you know, about, you know, talk to talk tell us some of the stories, you know, like you sitting out and not being able to play. Tell us some of those stories. Yeah, so I mean total, I've had six knee surgeries. So I've been out a lot. And I've had to miss a lot and I still have knee issues, but it's just how it is. But so I'd say like I'd say just sitting out and watching it honestly gives you like way more appreciation for the game first but then you get a different perspective like i think that's how i've learned the game a lot is because you have to watch it and i think when you're playing you don't watch it as much you know but when you just are sitting there watching practice or watching games and you can't do anything i think you really learn the game a lot better um but i'd say like my mom has been like super instrumental she's always there for any time i have surgery anything like she's always there and she always gives me, when I get hurt, it's, I go through the same thing. When I get hurt, I'm like, I don't know, maybe this is it. I'm not meant to play. Like my last knee surgery, I was really like, okay, I think this is it. Like, I think I've I've reached my like breaking point with having injuries, but she always gives me like a week. She's like, have your pity party, feel bad for yourself. And then she's like, all right, that's it. Like you give yourself a time limit to feel bad and feel sorry. And, you know, and then that's it. Your pity party's over, time to get back to work. And that's kind of how I approach it. And that's all my mom. She, that's just, that's like her thing in life is like, feel bad for yourself, but you got to get over it and you got to just move forward. That's wow. real. That's yeah. real lip. Awesome mom. That's an awesome <laughs> mom you have. Uh, definitely going to share this video out too. So hopefully, I don't know if your mom's on Facebook or not, but. You'll see it for sure. <laughs> they said most of the old people are on. Older people are on Facebook. <laughs> crowd is on Instagram, Twitter, and, and Snapchat. Right? You know, so I know mom's probably, you know, listening. But um, now, are we just going to skip some of those? Because you won four national championships. Four national championships. Uh, I wish we, I wish you were at home so we could see the rings, but oh, yeah. <laughs> not at home. So uh, I think that that'll help some of our young females that want to play the game of basketball to shoot for goals. And, and, and did you have a goal? Did you set goals? Did you have a plan? Like I, I always talk to when I go to camps and it says, write a plan down, write your goals down, you know, and try to achieve them. You know, don't, don't set the big one, you know, like the NBA, everybody says, I want to make it to the NBA, but you're not doing the steps to get to the NBA. You know, so did you have any goals growing up in uh, Bolingbroke? Yeah, the first goal, well, my first goal I had, and it's a huge goal, it was just like to be the best. Like when I was like, when I was young, that's what I wanted to do. And then as I, like, you know, when I got to high school, it was like, okay, I want to be All-State. And I wanted to, then I wanted to be All-American. And then I wanted to make the USA team. And then I wanted to go to college. And then in college, I wanted to be, uh, I want to be a starter. I want to be all American, and I want to go to WNBA. Wow! So that's kind of how it's progressed. So it's always like I have like, you know, 
you, and then you, you always have your team goals of like winning championships, but like the individual, I always try to pick it's like, you know, like that equivalent to like an All-American or like All-Star, you know, that type of thing. Cause I mean, it's individual based. So it's, right. you know, you really have to work to get it. Like it, that's the best people. So I think those goals are always good because it, it makes you, you know, it makes you really work for something. Like you have something to dream toward, which is always a good motivator. But Morgan, give us a little bit more details because I, I really want to help some kids today. I think we got the right person today to really break it down to some of our listeners about how that workout looks, right. how many hours, you know, what 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 it looks like. You know, when you walk in the gym, you you got you know your trainer if you had one, or or if it was your dad, you know, whoever it was. How many hours were you actually in that gym, and how many days? You know, so so our listeners can understand what it takes to be a McDonald All American, that UConn, that four national championship, you know, player. Yeah, I mean, I'd say for workout wise, I mean, I was using the gym every day. If I did take, it'd be like one one day off maybe. Um, but I was, I just, I really wanted to be good, and it was like it started off. I worked with my dad obviously, and then as I got older, I started working with Coach Smith in high school. And then I'm not gonna lie, I kind of got tired of working with Coach Smith because I'd see him in practice too. So I was like, I need a break. So I started working with his name is Nicholas One Show, and he's still a trainer in the Chicago area. I know, I know Nick. Yeah, Nick. I worked with I know I Nick. Throughout with, the, high with the crooked jump shot. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick, I worked, Nick got a burn. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but I worked with him throughout most of high school, and honestly, it might it might have been an hour. It could have been two hours, just because we would just be in there and we would just work like that's what we did it was like every day we just went or it'd be like if I had sometimes you had to you know switch practice with the guys so it might be an earlier practice or later we went around practice time if we didn't have practice we just go get in the gym and and I think the biggest thing for like younger kids too it's like you want your quality to be good in the gym but yeah you could be in the gym oh I'm in the gym for three hours but like what are you doing for those three hours or you could be in the gym for an hour and get a really good workout and real work be focused and get more out of it well i think that's because you know it's not like now where you know practices hour hour and a half you got you maybe go live like we have more time you know in high school you have school all day you have to do right. homework you know you have a lot of other stuff so it you know you just have to figure out like what workouts work for you and to just be effective in your time that's the biggest wow. thing is to get like a good hour workout instead of maybe just in there sitting around, chilling, not really doing anything. I think that's that's the biggest thing I'd say. Wow, man. Now, I do want to ask the question about your uh, college coach because he is a male, you know, and most, I, I would say most females probably want to go play for a female coach. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm thinking that. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> but when you made that decision to go play for a man coach and you a female, do you get intimidated? You know, cause you know, some people think that he's a man, he's gonna be screaming, he's gonna be yelling, and he's gonna be doing this and that. And I don't know if I can handle it. So uh, talk a little bit about that, you know. Uh, for me, it, honestly, I didn't even think about the fact that they're male or female, mainly I think because I've had majority male coaches my whole life. Like I've had a, a couple of female coaches like here or there, but like my high school coach male and he, and that's like, him and Coach Gino, they both, like, instead of treating you like a woman, they treat you as a basketball player. You know, like, wow. they're not going to talk to you different because you're a girl or a boy. It's just, 
you're a basketball player. So like they don't, there's no like taking it easy or, oh, let me not yell or scream. Like, no, they're just, they're going to just say what they need to say and it doesn't matter. But I think that's a good thing because first I'd say it makes you mentally stronger. Like they're, you know, especially like Coach Gino, he's, he'll yell and scream, but he's really like has to mess with your mental. Like he'll, he knows each player like really well and like what pushes their buttons. So he'll try to say something. You're like, dang, like that kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. You know, <laughs> he kind of it, but he does it to like, he wants to make you mad. He wants to make you upset and like, but you have to handle it. And I think that's good for life. You know, like if you go get a regular job when you're not playing, choose who your boss is or, you know, it's, it's just, I say it's just character building and it just builds up your mental strength and, I think that's something, at least from what I've seen from, because I'm a part of a sorority also. So I see like the sorority side of people that never really played sports. And then I see my sports friends. There's a difference. I think sports, it mentally makes you so strong and it makes you, you can handle so many more situations and it might suck in the moment getting yelled and screamed at, but it, it helps build you up, I think, for sure. Yeah. Hey, what sorority are you in? Alpha Cap Alpha. Uh, AKA? Yes. Yes, my mom, there's no other one, so. That was ah! <laughs> that jab, she just did. Let me ask you a question real quick, big dog. I know you, why you're on college. Is there anybody else that you know of, other than maybe your teammates or something, but out of the state of Illinois, they got four national championships? No. Only my two in my class at UConn were the only ones I've done at male or female. That's right. Illinois, man, we got work over here. That's right. right. <laughs> so, so, Morgan, you basically need a street named after you out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the man just stepped down out here in Bolingbrook. He would have did it for her, man. Right. We got to do a petition and say that that, that <laughs> avenue that's going right into uh, Bolingbrook High School needs to be called Morgan Tuck Avenue. Yeah, right, right. there. Uh, Lily Cash. Change Lily Cash to Morgan Tuck. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That'd so, be hot. So now, Morgan, it's time for you to get to the big leagues. You know, now it's it's time for you to put your name in the WNBA draft family and everybody's going. Now, where do they hell that one in? Is it in New York as well, the WNBA? So my year, it was in Connecticut. They kind of switch it around. Now they've been having it in New York. Um, but before, it's just kind of depended. And they, a lot of time they had it in Connecticut, too, because like the fans in Connecticut are always there. Like there's always a lot of support. So it makes for a good environment. Yeah, yeah. So now it's time for you to do that. Did you have any inkling where you were going to go um, as far as, you know, being selected in the draft? Um, I mean, as it got closer, yeah. Like my agent, like, I mean, I knew like I was going to Connecticut before I got announced, like they told me, you know, cause you talk to like the coach and everything. So it wasn't a surprise, like I knew it. Um, so that part made it kind of good too. Where and it's like when you're at the draft table, like the camera goes to who's about to get picked next, you know. So, uh, <laughs> you it, so like we can always tell, like at least early on, as it gets farther. No, you you have no idea. But. What was what was your pick? Third. That's nasty. This girl's doing it, man. Doing <laughs> it. Doing it. You know. Um, so who who was the number one pick? Do you remember who was the number one pick? Yeah, so it was Brianna Stewart was number one, and then Ryan oh, was number two. So that was our class at UConn. All three of us came in together, and we went out three in the draft. So that was like super cool. That's nasty. Yeah. yeah so y'all was y'all 
when y'all get by yourself, y'all be talking trash like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we could for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. I mean, you guys were girls were the like everything really of college basketball in that era. I, I I know a lot of other teams probably got a little jealous, envy of <laughs> girls and, and well, I, man they. And now they went back to back in the draft. They won four, you know, national championships. You know, it, it, you you're rubbing it in their face, but you're really not. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm not picking them. They the one picking us. You know, so that, but, I can't be mad at it. I get it. Right, I, right. I would have loved to been at that draft party. I know, right? <laughs> and right in UConn. I mean, it's and right in Connecticut. So you went to college there. The draft is there. So it's like. All your family and friends and, you know, all alumni, they they right there supporting you guys. Man, it's, that was awesome. It was so cool. Like, it really was. Yeah. So now now it's time for you to play. You you get selected by your home. I mean, not your home team, but your school team, Connecticut, you know, Connecticut Suns, right? Yep. So you get selected by them. And what did you do with that? Paycheck. When you got that check, what did you what did you do? When you did you go buy house, a car? What, what did you do with it? Well, that paycheck isn't enough to buy a house or a car. <laughs> contract. <laughs> like from college, yeah, you're excited. You never had any money, but for like what you make when you get off your rookie deal, your rookie contract, you're not making that much. But I mean, I probably went and bought some like shoes, some clothes. That's because like. When and it's weird because like when you get drafted, you don't get paid until like you get we got drafted in like first week of April, mm-hmm. and then training camp starts the end of April. So like you don't get any money during that time. So you're still a broke college student. And then once you're out of training camp, which is like dude, you get per diem, you know, which is like five hundred a week. That's and then wow. once season started middle of May, and you get your first paycheck two weeks in. So you're broke until June, you know. Wow. So like, like I'm still asking mom and dad for money. After <laughs> that's how it works. It's crazy. Like, there's no signing bonus, or it's not like the guys like we're broke until like June, you know. But but, but you just said even when you did get paid, it wasn't enough to, for you to really you know support yourself really on your own. Like, <laughs> one good thing in WNBA, so you can choose, but they provide housing and they can provide a car. I mean, I had a car from college, so I didn't need that. But, like, your apartment is 100% they pay for it. Now, if you want, like, a two-bedroom, you have to pay whatever. But so they do provide that because most people don't live where they play since you only do the summertime. Mm-hmm. So it's really, like, it, it's helpful, at least at the beginning, because you're not making that much money, so you can save a little more because you don't have those, like, typical expenses, you know. But, no, it's but- not enough to go, like, buy something crazy. <laughs> 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 no, not even so it's almost like what you just mentioned earlier on the show about you looking forward to playing overseas because that's where you make your money at. Yes, exactly. Especially your first year. That's really when you're like ready to go overseas. You need, you need a, a good amount of money real so. so basically the WNBA is just to keep you in shape, you know, for you to yeah. go overseas to make your big money. Right, and it helps you make more money overseas if you're in the WNBA. Because people know that, oh, if you're in WNBA, you have to be really good. So mm-hmm. that helps with the with your contracts overseas, for sure. But Morgan, let me ask you a question, though. But what about the, the females that didn't make it to the W, but still just as talented? Yeah, 
they don't get, do they get that same opportunity? Because you just mentioned that, yeah, the WNBA kind of put that stamp on us. But what about the girls that don't have that stamp? Harder for them? Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, WNBA is only 144 spots and not many people retire. So the turnover is really low. So, like, oh, wow. at most teams, there's maybe one, maybe two spots open every year. So, Dang. you know, even it's hard. Like, usually the first round picks, so that's 12 people, will make the roster. But anything after that, it's really hard. And then you have people that are undrafted. So there's so many girls out there and, like, women that are so good and that should be in WNBA, but there's not enough spots. Like, there's really just not enough roster spots for people to be there. So those people, it is super hard. It's like they kind of have to use their, like, overseas, their first overseas season as, like, the trial run to show what they can do to get those bigger contracts. But it's a lot harder because a lot of teams, especially Americans, they look at if you're in the WNBA. And that really helps your money go up. But yeah, it's it. That's what it, they. It needs to expand because there's just so many people. But it's just there's nowhere to put people. You know. What do you think about if they start something like the G League? You know, like the G. That would be great. I think especially like our season now, like we've had a lot of injuries because we're playing so quick, and like having to bring people and add people to rosters and different things, and like people opted out, so it opened up more space. It would be perfect if you had people like right there, ready to go. But I don't know if that'll ever happen. Right. Anytime in the near future. I don't know. But they right. should, for sure. At least to give people, you know, while they're not overseas, they have somewhere else to play and it's still a high level. So hopefully one day. I hope so. Yeah. Hey, Lim, let me dig this out of there real quick. I just called something. She said uh, injury by you guys playing so quick. You think coming back and being forced, not forced, but going that bubble and play night in and night out, is, is it a healthy thing? Uh, I mean, to... it's, I think it's just harder on the body because like our team, like right now I'm out because I have, I had like a bad fall. I have some bone bruises, so I'm out for a few weeks, but like we, our team just finished a stretch of 10 games every other day. Right. And like, that's a lot, like you're not traveling, but like, that's a lot on your body. And then, you know, we played super late games, like they start at like 10, so you're not sleeping as much. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot going on. So it's, I think it's good in a sense that we're still able to have a season because, you know, especially coming off our like off season, we had like a lot of momentum, like the, the league was growing, getting more attention. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, we were at home doing home workouts for some months and then you come mm -hmm. here and like hit the ground running. So I think right. it's, for that part, it's it's definitely a lot harder on the body. We're seeing way more injuries though too because of that. Same with the NBA too, man. They tell, they talking about all LeBron them. They've been off all that time. They should be go ready to go back in there. Basketball, you need that time on the floor because you can't simulate it in the open gym. That's real. Yeah. All right. Before we let you go, we go like have some fun now. What is Morgan talk before the game? What you listening to? What what you be listening to in your headset? Well, I am a huge, huge Beyonce fan. I love like all Beyonce. Yeah. So out with Black is King, like now I'm like back listening to like the Lion King album. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I listen to before every game. That's just like my go-to. Man, Bob told me you be listening to drill, the drill music. Chief Keef live. That's not me. Um, what about your pregame meal? What you eating? Pizza? What you eat? Oh no no no! I do. I'm always like salmon, like mixed vegetables, like rice, quinoa, avocado. Like I eat pretty healthy because 
as, as you get out of college, you're a little older, you can put some pounds on real easy if you don't. So. <laughs> That's real. Good last, you know, we always have our uh, guests share some advice to some young female, young male who wants to get involved in playing basketball. Uh, what kind of advice would you, you know, give them? Uh, I would say the biggest thing, just try it. You know, I think now, I mean, I get it's hard with COVID and everything, but I would say just to try. And when you do try to, so like, really put your all into it. Because, you know, when I think back when I was young and I just like playing basketball and I think about all the work I put in and it's like, it's hard during the time, but like it's paid off. Like it's my job. Like I literally get paid and I got to travel all over the world and meet all types of people literally for playing basketball. And because I worked hard when I was younger. Um, so I would tell people just work hard. Like you have to know, like people, there's always someone else that's working harder. So you have to make sure that you're staying on top of your game um, and you take care of, you know, take care of your grades um, so that you can, you know, once you get older, you can really, really live off the fruits of your labor. Because that's what I'm doing. And, you know, like I have a degree, but I don't use my degree. You know, my I literally just play basketball and that's my job. And so you can have a, a great, great life doing something that you love if you work hard. Wow. That's real, Morgan. We have Morgan. Again, we have Morgan Tuck on Hall Ball Chicago. But before we let her go, I want to ask her one more thing. Who is the best WNBA player? Who is that LeBron James of the WNBA? Maya Moore not in there right I now. Know. That's who I would pick. <laughs> That's who I would pick. Maya, be Maya to me, it's unreal what you can do. <laughs> Maya, so Maya. Maya for that. But I honestly... And I might be a little biased. I'd pick Brianna Stewart, my teammate. I was going, that's what I was going to say. You know, okay. I would let her. But, you know, On another cause... level, like consistently every night, it's, it's to me, it's amazing to see what she can do and how she does it every single night. Like, because right now we're the best team in the league and she's the best player on our team. So to me, that says it right there. Now, how tall is she? 6'4". 6'4". Dang. So long. Yeah. How you, what about Dela Don? Is she pretty good? She's really so she's she opted out this year. But yes, she's super good. Like she and, and it's crazy. Like she even you know she went and played volleyball in college before she came to the league. Like she's probably I'd say like definitely like one of the most skilled women playing anywhere. And she's like six four too. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm a big supporter of women basketball. I love watching it. So you every time you guys come on, I'm watching. You know. So and I want to wish you. A, a great season. Hopefully you can get healthy and, and get back on the court soon uh, so you can do your thing out there and, and go try to get another championship to your to your room, to your mom's home, you know, yeah. another trophy, you know, for your mom, yeah. you know, so we, we, we really appreciate, you know, you being on the show today, so thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks. Uh, Bowling Brook for life, baby. Right? Yes. That's right. You gotta Thanks, get that man. Streak. Nice meeting. You gotta get that street name, oh, or yeah. <laughs> you, need to get, you need to get a basketball, the basketball gym, or the court named after you. Right. That would be cool. We're gonna yeah. change Lily Cast to Morgan Tuck <laughs> Lane, right there, run along Bolingbrook, man. So so proud to meet you, man. I'm, so when I see everybody in Bolingbrook later at the park barbecue, and we gonna be out there, and be like, y'all didn't, y'all don't, y'all know her, but y'all ain't talked to her recently. Exactly. I just hollered at her. <laughs> And Morgan, I think you better give a shout out to some people before you go too. 
have to shout out my parents, my mom, Lydia, my dad, David, my sister, Taylor, even though she's probably not going to see it. She's not on Facebook that much. Um, but, and I also say shout out to my coach, Anthony Smith, wouldn't have made it this far without him. He's like been super huge. Nick, one show, my trainer, wouldn't have made it without him. Um, and just all my bowling, I miss everybody in Bolingbrook. I don't live there anymore. So I have to, I have to come back and see everybody. Okay. We love you, man. We love you here, man. Thank you. Anybody, you better shout out Irvin's mom before he call you. Yes, I thank you for reaching out to my mom. He set this up. He made it happen. So I have to give him all the credit. That's right. All Thanks right, what's boy. up? All right. Thank you again for having an apple. Morgan Tuck on Old Boy Chicago, baby. Take care, Morgan. Get healthy, babe. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Peace. God bless you. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, man. <laughs> Morgan Tuck. Man, Brooks she Ryan. put up numbers. You know, uh, you don't get, like, I know we had Lene Harper. We had uh, E.C. Hill. We had Dorothy Gators. We need more females to come on our show and share some light uh, on basketball, but just in general life, too, you know, because we have some females that's out not doing the right things as well, just as much as the guys are out doing things that they shouldn't be doing. So I would love to have females, more females come on All Ball Chicago and talk about what it looks like to be a female, what it looks like to carry yourself out there in this world that we live in. Uh, so feel free to inbox me or Bob. If you want to come on All Ball Chicago, share your upbringings, your life. You have the mic. He's just here join it and want to hear some of the stories because i got but, stopped I, I i got i was like at a loss of words i was just like i could not believe she was winning so much dude yeah. like i've never talked to anybody that had won that much three state championships four national titles i don't know anybody that done that big dog but think about this though bob like when you win three state championships you know what it takes now to be a winner. You know what mm -hmm. it looked like. You know how to compete. You know how to go about your your routine and and doing that. You know, right. if you never won, you don't know what it looks like or what how it feels, you know. And mm -hmm. and I think she has she had a taste of it early on in high school. So and then when she goes to uh Yukon is a whole nother level, you know, and I think she did just that, man. So, like she said, that dog on arena stayed packed, bro. Yeah, I know you got to go watch some games, you know. Oh uh, yeah, man. But uh, as always, you know, I got to mention my device, man. I want to give a shout out to your teammate, Tracy Dildy, for endorsing the product. Tracy Dildy say, man, hey, he like it. He say, man, so many coaches have had throat surgery. I didn't even know that. Did you know, coaches had throat surgery after they finished retiring and stuff. Well, man, you're doing a lot of screaming, man, through your vocal cord, man. And uh, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, happen. man. So he was like, dude, I endorse it 100%. Uh, so, you know, get the coaching device, man, and live supporting 100%, man. We're just doing this for guys who use their voice for whatever you do, man, as a professional, man, to amplify your voice. Once again, the culture, man, the world's first social distance device. And I want to give out to my shout, shout out to my King brothers, man, for stepping up big time and supporting me with this, man. Uh, Marcus Liberty and uh, Tracy Dillon, man. No doubt. And my no. bros, Emin Lynch, man. 
Hey, man, you a funny dude, boy. Emmett had me laughing so hard last night, man. Shout out to Emmett Lynch. I can't wait to chop it up with that boy, man. Wow. The Lynch mob. But other than that, big bro, it's over with, man. Again, man, we'd like to thank Morgan Tuck for joining us on All Ball Chicago. Another great one. Uh, appreciate her coming Who we on. got Tuesday? She didn't have to. She didn't have to come on today, man. She's in no. that bubble. Like we said, she's in the bubble still trying to, you know, win another, you know, win her championship. Uh, so she didn't have to do that. And we really appreciate that. And also appreciate my man, Urban Small, for reaching out to her and getting her, uh, getting her to come on and join us. Joining Much us. love, E. Small. Yeah. Tuesday, the person you already you mentioned him. You mentioned him during the show. You know, Ryan yeah. Boatwright will be joining us Tuesday at three o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock Chicago time. Ryan so, Boatwright, national championship with UConn. Also, also went to UConn. <laughs> back to back. Electrifying. Yes, indeed, man. All Ball Chicago Bleed Podcast Network. Make sure y'all go over there. Subscribe to our Facebook page. We need y'all, man. Subscribe to the Facebook page. And um, Bleed Podcast, shoot over there and download all the shows. I'm your co-host, Robert Bobby Reed, and I got the legend, the NBA veteran, the McDonald All-American, your host, Marcus Liberty. What you finna be on, big dog? I'm going to give you a finger roll. Finger roll Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Right, <laughs> that looked like a dangerous road, though. Yeah, I call it, but it's it's Liberty Sweet Road. It's a Liberty <laughs> Sweet Road. Gotta be careful, somebody copyright steal it. You go in the store, like, hey, that's my likeness. What the? <laughs> oh man, there's people out there that do that, but you know what? You know, it is what it is, man. All right, Chicago, Chicago, man. I'm right, loving it, you. man. Next week. All right, big fella. Have a good enjoy the day, man. All right. Peace. peace. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.